What do the Boy Scouts, the ASPCA, and Batman all have in common? The answer? Shockingly dark origin stories. It turns out that it's not just violent vigilantes who have to deal with a tortured past. Some of our most beloved organisations are burdened with a history more befitting the Joker than a respected charity. From American kids in swastikas to animal slaughter, here are the 10 worst. Number 10. Planned Parenthood Planned Parenthood is a charity dedicated to women's reproductive rights. Without getting into the politics of it, most of us can at least agree that their work with cervical screening has a positive impact, despite the fact that their organisation was founded by a genocidal monster who hated black people. The Negro problem is one of the most complicated and important confronting America. Whatever the ultimate answer may be, such an attitude brings to light the function of birth control as a necessary agency in its solution. Margaret Sanger was as crazy as they come. Her 1932 paper, entitled My Way to Peace, cheerfully categorises the world into countries whose people have desirable national characteristics and those who don't. She was also a rampant eugenicist with an abhorrence of physical, moral and mental defectives who she campaigned to have segregated, sterilised and sent to work on farms. Her list of defectives, by the way, included paupers, epileptics, the unemployed and people who couldn't read. All in all, she estimated that the USA needed to segregate 5 million of its citizens. Even her charitable work on birth control was promoted to improve the quality of the white race. Number 9. The ASPCA Without the ASPCA, we'd probably still have cockfighting, unregulated slaughterhouses, and no penalties for animal cruelty. In 1894, the charity began operating New York's Municipal Animal Shelter, a service they provided for 100 years. During that time, they managed to make it probably the most murderous animal shelter in the history of the world. At its peak, 40 to 50,000 stray animals were destroyed each year a level of extermination so vast that it probably would have depopulated the world of dogs if left unchecked. Things got so bad that in 1976, two members of the charity's own board sued it for animal cruelty. Just to clarify, this is the same charity that named itself the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. It wasn't until 1994 that the charity finally ended their annual bloodbath, handing the reins over to the animal care centres of New York City, who promptly lowered the animal euthanasia rate to a less terrifying 8,000. Number 8. The Department of Energy It may not exactly be beloved, but the Department of Energy does its job. Without it, we'd have no domestic power, no human genome project, and no possibility of nuclear annihilation. That is no joke. Before they got into the day-to-day business of government, the department's only remit was to build a city vaporising bomb. A bluish-green light illuminated the entire sky all around. A giant ball of fire rose as though from the bowels of the earth, belching purple fire 10,000 feet high. It shot skyward, becoming alive as it climbed. It was no longer smoke or dust or even a cloud of fire. See, before the Cold War even got started, the race was on to perfect a nuclear weapon. The British, Germans and Americans were all busy trying to crack the Konami code of World War II and it was pretty clear that whoever got there first would win the game. To make sure it wasn't the Nazis, the US government set up the Manhattan Project, a top secret project employing almost as many people as the car industry. 
After the war, the project changed hands and names, eventually metamorphosing into the innocuous-sounding Department of Energy that we all know today. Number 7. Invisible Children Remember Coney? He's the brutal, child-soldier-using warlord the world was going to take down by watching YouTube videos. The closest our post-Stalin world has had to a bona fide monster, there's no way any charity that stood up to him could be accused of something as base as rank hypocrisy. Except, of course, it could. As one expert on international conflict in the Congo region pointed out, Kony's LRA were not the only army to exploit child soldiers and massacre civilians. The Ugandan president and the SPLA, both of whom the anti-Kony group Invisible Children are involved with, have also been implicated in the sort of war crimes that nobody wants to hear about on YouTube. Well, we probably do, but we'll save that for another video. Supporters say it's a necessary evil that doesn't detract from their mission, though how supporting the very thing you stand against constitutes fulfilling your mission is anyone's guess. Number 6. The Pew Charitable Trusts There's a good chance you've never heard of the Pew Charitable Trusts. Basically, they're a non-partisan NGO, which means non-governmental organisation, who get their kicks improving public policy and protecting the environment. Oh, and they were established by a bunch of free market psychos. Before anyone gets offended, let me add that supporting a free market economy is as valid a position as any other. On the other hand, claiming Roosevelt's New Deal was a gigantic scheme to raise US businesses to a dead level and debase the citizenry into a massive ballot-casting serfs crosses that hazy line from opinionated to insane. Set up by the children of oil tycoon Joseph N. Pugh, the Pew Trust spent the first years of its life vigorously campaigning for unrestricted drilling rights and such, before undergoing a Scrooge-like change of heart and becoming staunch environmentalists. Number 5. The Missionaries of Charity Aside from Gandhi, Mother Teresa is probably the figure most commonly associated with words like good and selfless. She reached out to the homeless, took tea with lepers, raised astronomical amounts of money for her missionaries of charity, and generally lived her life as a perfect Christian. What's not to like? Uh, nakedness is not only for a piece of cloth. Nakedness is that loss of human dignity, the respect that you and I long to have. They also long to have. That man lying in the street, eaten up by worms, it is the child of God. Unfortunately, she also palled around with some of the nastiest figures of her day. Just as Gandhi once obsequiously referred to Hitler as his friend, Mother Teresa had no qualms about accepting money from Papa Doc, the murderous Haitian leader, or Charles Keating, the American fraudster who gifted her charity more than a million dollars of other people's savings, savings the missionaries never returned. But hey, that money was probably going to people who deserved it, right? Nope. A 1991 report alleged that the missionaries gave only 7% of donations to those whom they supported, while the rest went to building new missions. All this might even be forgivable were it not for the horrific accounts of negligence in the Calcutta mission. According to this report, volunteers often lacked any medical training, resulting in deaths that could easily have been avoided. Depressing proof, if needed, that nobody's perfect. Number 4. Mensa while Mensa was officially founded after a chance meeting on a train, the idea of a club for clever people had first been floated by Cyril Burt in 1946. Earlier in life, Burt was a member of the British Eugenics Society, a group of doctors, scientists and teachers concerned with preserving the virility of the Anglo-Saxon race. This isn't just a tenuous connection either. One of Mensa's two founding fathers openly acknowledged Burt's influence 
and the society made him an honorary president. Of course, this was all years ago, and Mensa has no truck with eugenics now, apart from that brief period in 1995 when the newsletter suggested that the homeless be humanely done away with like abandoned kittens. Number three, the Nobel Prize. For most people, receiving a Nobel Prize is probably the highest accolade they can imagine. Forget the Oscars and the Pulitzers. A Nobel Prize tells the world that you're not only fantastic, but that you're fantastic for the common good. What sort of living saint would set up such a philanthropic award? How about one nicknamed the Merchant of Death? Before dedicating his fortune to encouraging awesomeness, Alfred Nobel was foremost an inventor, and foremost among his inventions was dynamite. When it came time to print his obituary in 1888, a French newspaper recognised his contribution to suffering by running the headline, The Merchant of Death is Dead. Except here's the kicker. He wasn't. The paper had jumped the gun, and Alfred was alive and well enough to read his premature obituary and become obsessed by it. So obsessed, in fact, that he decided to set up the Nobel Prize specifically to protect his future reputation from sneering French obituary writers. Nevertheless, that hasn't stopped the Nobel Prize Committee creating a few bombs of their own in recent times. Number two, Bernardo's. Being a homeless child in Victorian London wasn't all jolly songs and artful dodges. For every wise cracking scamp, there were roughly a gazillion scared and hungry kids at perpetual risk of exploitation. In 1867, philanthropist Dr Thomas Bernardo decided enough was enough. He was going to help Britain's orphans, even if he had to kidnap healthy children from happy families to do it. It turns out Dr Bernardo had a pretty broad definition of what constituted help. While sometimes this involved rehousing homeless kids, other times it involved abducting infants from their godless Catholic parents. You see, for Bernardo, abuse and Catholicism were the same thing. Over the course of his life, he snatched and sent thousands of otherwise happy kids to Canada or Australia, usually without even bothering to inform their parents. For those of us not familiar with the finer points of Victorian law, this was very much illegal. Bernardo was hauled into court 88 times on related charges, but each time the case was dropped. Oh yeah, that doctor at the front of his name? He totally made that up. Number one, the Boy Scouts. Lord Baden-Powell was as old-time British as they come. Tough, adventurous, terrified of masturbation, and probably gay. In 1908, he published the aptly titled book, Scouting for Boys, and the rest is history. Except for the part where he supported Hitler. I kid you not. Baden-Powell's 1939 diary includes the immortal line, Lay up all day, read Mein Kampf, a wonderful book. Throughout the 30s, he continued to hand out swastika badges, way beyond the time it was wise to be seen wearing one, and in 1937, he met the German ambassador in London to discuss forging closer ties between the Scouts and the Hitler Youth. If that wasn't enough, the British Secret Service even have him on record moaning about the difficulties he faced with the socialist press when his boys had appeared in uniform at a fascist demonstration. So, to surmise... The founder of the Scouts was a sexually repressed admirer of Hitler who gave swastikas to children and supported Nazi Germany. Thanks history, way to ruin our childhoods.